it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Finally, step-by-step premium investment guidance for beginners. Led by... Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern to decode industry jargon, silence crippling confusion, and help you overcome emotions by looking at the numbers. Your path to financial freedom starts now. All right, folks, well, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. This is episode 128. Tonight, Andrew and I are going to tackle a couple of subjects that we have not talked a lot about, or in some cases, not at all. So we're going to talk a little bit about taxes and a couple of tax vehicles that you could use to help save you some money on taxes. Uh, One of the vehicles we're going to talk about is an HSA, and we're also going to talk a little bit about a Roth IRA. So Andrew, I know you've had some recent experience with an HSA, so why don't you tell me your thoughts on that, and we can chat a little bit. Let's chat less about my experiences with <laughs> okay <laughs> medical issues and expenses because that will just piss me off yep but you know an hsa is something that a lot of people can take advantage of and even if you think you can't i think maybe you can so hsa what is that and you know how can it help the average person. I think when you kind of look at the landscape of, particularly if you live in the United States and the way that are the expenses and hospital bills and doctor bills and surgery bills and how it's just through the roof and astronomical. And it's, you know, if you don't have good insurance um, and even when you do have good insurance, a lot of times these, the healthcare system in America is just, the way it's structured has really made a lot of services um, really be really expensive. And, you know, I, I remember reading a stat somewhere a while ago that said one of the biggest causes of bankruptcy is medical debt. And it's also one of the expenses in retirement that people sorely underplan for. And so it can be something that really you could have what you think is a great path to retirement and financial freedom. But when you're not kind of taking um, some of the big medical expenses that can pop up into account, and a lot of these things happen with, you know, just out of nowhere. And so that can really be detrimental and and really hurt you. So I wish I had the magic solution and um, outside of saying maybe move out of the country. Um, Other than that, like we just kind of have to deal with it as we live here. And the HSA can be one great way to do that 
particularly if you start at a young age. So the HSA itself, um, it is a health savings account. Basically, the way it works is you can put money into it. And then from that savings account, you can take that money and you can use it to pay expenses, pay medical bills, um, everything to do with health, right? Um, what makes it so special is that you get really good tax advantages with it. And so um, in reality, actually, you can get like a triple tax advantage. And that kind of sounds too good to be true. Um, but Andy Andy uh, wrote a post on the blog recently um, kind of outlining this. But basically, if you think about some of the other tax vehicles um, that investors can use to to save themselves from the tax ban a bit, you have the traditional IRA where everything is tax deferred, which means you get to basically deduct the taxes. So taxes you would have paid this year, um, you defer them. So you're not paying them. So you get a deduction on your taxes. And then when you take when you use the money in 40 years or whenever you retire that's when you pay the taxes on the money and on any of the gains that you've made um with a Roth IRA it's kind of flipped right you pay taxes at the front and at the onset but at the end of it all of your gains all of your investments they all grow tax free and when you withdraw the money as long as you do it during retirement then you don't get taxed on that either the HSA gets both sides of that, which is really, really cool. So you can contribute to the HSA. And so like, let's say I make $100,000. If I contribute 2000 to the HSA, now instead of being taxed on $100,000, I'm only taxed on 98000 That 2000 gets deducted and is um, tax deductible for this year. Plus anything it gains. So... You know, however you want to manage your HSA, whether you want to be an aggressive day trader, whether you want to trade options for, um, you know, higher income uh, with higher risk tolerance, or whether, um, you know, you, you're investing it like we recommend with long term investing, and you know, you might have a great stock that you need to sell, and and so in a regular situation, maybe that would trigger a lot of capital gains tax, but in an HSA, you don't you don't pay taxes on any of that growth. So you, you get the tax advantage, the capital gains tax advantage of a Roth IRA, but then you get the kind of income deduction from a traditional IRA or even like a traditional 401k, how, how most people kind of think of that. And so you get those two factors. And then um, the third factor is you can like spend the money early so like you can use it on a doctor's visit there's other things you can use it on like i think if you're uh getting prescription glasses you can use it on that i think uh dentist type expenses you can use it on that and you know kind of to wrap it all up with a ribbon and a bow whatever's left over at the very end you can use that as retirement too so in my mind the way i see it and unless i'm seeing it wrong i see it as a more flexible IRA that like you can use to pay for any unexpected medical expenses that come up. And then, you know, at the end of it, when you retire, it's like another IRA because now that you still have that money, 
And now you can use it for other things too. So there's a lot of cool parts about it. Um, are you familiar with the other option that the, what is it? The FSA is it FSA. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to nerd wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money, not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. FSA, yeah, I'm not as familiar with that, no. Okay, so with like an FSA, um, that's usually controlled by whoever you're working for. And so like the HSA is very cool because you take that with you, whether you're working for this boss and then you, you have an HSA, maybe you, you work for this company, um, that same HSA gets carried over. And so, you know, we're recording this in 2019. The maximum contribution is somewhere around 3,200 or something like that. So you can put in about $3,000. And so really you can think of it as another retirement vehicle, um, on top of your IRA. So, you know, you have the max, what is it? 6,000 this year that you can put into an IRA split between whether you're putting that into a traditional or a Roth. And then with this HSA, you can do another 3,000 give or take. And that can be another way to grow some wealth and do it without paying taxes on certain aspects of it. And certainly with the double slash triple tax advantage of the HSA, um, 
you don't have to pay taxes all all around the bat. And so if if it's something you're not taking advantage of, I think it's something you should consider. Um, something that I found kind of revealing, which I didn't know in the past, was that while it's kind of like you, you kind of hope that you have an employer who offers an HSA, but you can actually also qualify for an HSA uh, as somebody who's self-employed, whether you're an entrepreneur or a freelancer or you know any any other if there's any other situation where you are having to pay for your own insurance rather than having an employer pay for it you know if you're going through like the obamacare marketplace and having to get your own insurance um if you have a certain type of insurance plan and it's 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 like a high deductible insurance plan if maybe you're like a younger person and so you didn't maybe you're like self-insuring in the sense that you're willing to pay less in insurance premiums for a higher deductible, right? Um, a lot of those plans will qualify you for an HSA, even if the company you don't work for necessarily offers that as a benefit. And so that's something to dig into further and see, you know, how can I take advantage of this, even if it's not something that seems obviously apparent. There are certain rules and like I said, um, it, it's going to depend on your situation and what kind of insurance policy you have and, and what kind of benefits either somebody's offering you now or what benefits are you not getting at all, you know, or are you kind of self-sustaining on your own? Uh, you throw a spouse in the mix, it kind of can get more complicated too, but that's something that's worth considering. And I think because of the tax advantages of it, because of the fact that, hey, by the way, uh, a company like Fidelity offers an HSA and you have full reign as if it's an IRA. You can buy and sell stocks. You can buy and, and sell ETFs. You can trade options if that's your thing. So a lot of ways to kind of manage that. Um, very similar. And so why pay, you know, if you're going to throw 3000 in the market, why pay taxes on one end or both um, when you can do something like this on top of whatever else you're doing? So kind of a good thing to consider and, and something that's like, why not take advantage of it? It almost becomes like free money. Hey you, what's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's free ebook at stockmarketpdf.com. You won't regret it. Yeah, it does. And it, uh, you did a great job of outlining all that. And when I worked for, for Wells Fargo, we had I would have people come in and open HSAs, and uh, frankly, I had not heard of them before I worked for the bank. And as I started to learn more about them, as we would open them, uh, they're fantastic vehicles, and uh, for the right kind of person, it's a it's a great fit for all the benefits that you talked about, from the tax benefits to being able to use it as an additional retirement type of count. To you know, using it to manage your health care and your health functions, and I did come across uh, quite a few customers that when they were opening accounts, uh, they were actually um, they would get contributions from their employer to contribute to their HSA uh, to help with their um, that was part of their benefit package, and I was like, wow, that's amazing! So some of these people would get up to uh, fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a year that they would get and they would, 
you know, be able to contribute it to their HSA. So that was, that was pretty fantastic. And, uh, you know, some, some banks, uh, fidelity obviously is going to be different, but some banks like Wells Fargo, they had actually kind of limited options to be able to invest in. It was frankly, mostly just mutual funds that were funds that the bank ran. So you didn't, you couldn't just go in and buy whatever you wanted. Uh, so that would be something you'd want to check out before you open the account. If that's something that you want to use it for that kind of style of investing, it's going to have a bearing on that too. So that would be something you'd want to check out as well. Yeah, actually, I, I bank with Bank of America, um, mostly for convenience and the fact that there's an ATM around every corner. And I looked into their HSA and that it's the exact same thing. It's like um, mutual funds they pick out for you, right? So yeah, so it's I, I guess it would be convenient because you could tr- you know transfer money in and out mm-hmm. from the Bank of America accounts. But yeah, being somebody who likes to take more hands-on approach with my investing, that would be something kind of to think about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Another aspect of them is they will give you debit cards to use for making payments. So if you're buying prescriptions or you have a copay at, at your doctor, depending on how your insurance is set up, you can use the debit cards that's linked directly to the HSA. And that's how you can pay for your medical expenses. And it's, it's nice too, because as Andrew was saying, those are contributions that you're never going to get taxed on because you're using it for what it's really designed for is to pay for your medical bills. And, uh, as a younger person, this is a fantastic vehicle you can use to cover some of your medical expenses because, you know, Andrew's quite a bit younger than I am. And so he, his health needs are far different than broken down old me. So, you know, I have to, you know, an HSA is not necessarily the greatest thing for me because I have a, a much lower deductible because I got to use it more <laughs> uh, with, you know, as I'm getting older and I have a daughter and I have all those other expenses. So it's just, you know, it doesn't fit into what I'm trying to do for, for, for me personally. But if you're younger, oh, these are fantastic things. And this is something you definitely need to take advantage of. Hey, you're not the only one with the body breaking down there. Right? I'm getting older <laughs> over here too. Yeah, whatever. Until <laughs> <laughs> you get to 40 Crimea River. <laughs> so you don't get hit with any taxes or penalties. Yeah, that's great advice. And with the elimination of commission fees, taxes are now one of the things that we need to make sure that we are cognizant of and pay attention to when we're thinking about our retirement and investments, because it used to be that we had to worry about commissions eating into our investments, but now we have to really just worry about taxes. That's really kind of the focus, I guess. That's a good point. You know the best way to deal with taxes as an investor? No. Do tell. You just never sell. <laughs> yeah, true. I, I think that's like a Buffett or, or Charlie quote. It is. But what happens when he finally retires, quote, stops doing what he's doing? What happens to all that money? Whoever whoever it's passed on to, whoever takes yeah. over Berkshire, and then they can continue doing the same thing too. Right? Yeah, I suppose. But <laughs> yeah, in, in all in all seriousness, like um, there is 
Buffett has been very public about being somebody who's really trying to be efficient with taxes as well. He understands how much that can eat up um, returns and 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 somebody's wealth. And so, you know, he's a big advocate of um, not paying a dividend um, for tax efficient. He thinks a stock buyback is more tax efficient, which it is, assuming the company doesn't dilute shares later. But you know, the other thing that he talks about is that if he were to try to actively manage a portfolio, he he would prefer that the company inside that is the underlying business on the stock that he owns, that they're the ones kind of doing the work. And so he's not the one doing the work and trying to trade in and out of all these stocks and then dealing with the huge tax burdens on top of that. When you own something for a very long time, you know, once you own it for over a year, now you're into long-term capital gains tax instead of short-term cap- capital gains tax, and so those tax differences are pretty big too. And then you know you don't get tax on this investment until you sell. And so you know if you have a business that's growing, let's say it's growing ten percent, it's growing its earnings ten percent per year. So, you know, that business is paying taxes on its earnings every single year, just like I'm paying taxes on my paychecks, you're paying taxes on your paychecks, uh, blah, 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 blah. But as an investor, you own part of that company, you're not paying taxes on that, even though everybody else is. And so it's going to continue to grow. And so as long as that company continues to compound growth at 10% a year, you're probably thinking that the the share price of that stock will probably continue to grow 10% a year. And so you're having all this growth. And if it continues on top of itself, now you're having all this tax-free growth and it continues to compound. And and that can be really powerful. You contrast that to somebody who's trying to, to get in and out of stocks and maybe buy one stock and then wait for it to go up 10% and then sell and then take that money and then try to go again and find something else that's going to grow 10% and then sell. Uh, Each time he's selling on that and getting that 10%, he's paying taxes on that. And so really, if even if he is selling, like even if he's finding these stocks growing 10% selling, finding another stock growing 10% selling, that's not the same compounding as some as somebody who just stayed in a company that was able to, to grow that 10% organically and and do that to the share price instead. And so that can really make a big difference over the long term too, particularly if you can find a couple of the right businesses that are really poised and really have the financial characteristics and the business models and um, the margin of safety that really support being able to compound money like that for a very, very long time. I think that's why it's something we try to focus on it um, as much as we can because that has so many benefits and tax tax burden and, and lowering that liability is is a big part of that too. Yeah, that's really good. That's a fantastic knowledge to pass on to people. And that's something that I think is not talked about enough and it's good for us to remind people about that from time to time. All right, folks. Well, that is going to wrap up our discussion about taxes and HSAs and Roth IRAs. Uh, some great information there. Uh, Andrew had some great ideas and some great thoughts. And those are things that you should definitely consider when you're investing and thinking about your future. 
So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and sign us off. You guys go out there and invest with a margin of safety, emphasis on the safety. Have a great week and we'll talk to you all next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com.